Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Rev TC Views podcast. This is the program, Reverend Tashi's Talks. Thank you so, so much for joining me. If this is your first time, a very special welcome to you. I'm your host, Reverend Tashi Campbell. Of course, it is always my pleasure to remind you that a good God can do great things in your life. All right, all right, all right, all right. Wayne Plummer, my co-host, you are in the house. Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Thank you, Rev. Thank you. Blessings to you. How are you? Me, I'm great. Uh, It's a very cool night. Uh, Some unexpected rains and uh, a lot of wind early in the afternoon. So, yeah, I'm good tonight. All right. Great. That's wonderful. So today we are talking about the USA 2020 presidential elections. And this has, uh, this, this whole matter, this issue, this topic, it has saturated the mainstream media for months now. And tonight this we want has. to weigh in on the matter. So let's get right into it. What okay. are your thoughts on the Trump-Biden saga? <laughs> well, um, the Trump-Biden saga, as you put it, it's interesting, very interesting in a number of ways. Uh, but first of all, I want to say that um, I think the, the 2020 USA presidential election, it was, it's just the latest episode in a battle that started in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Where the battle for the soul of man and woman began with Satan's deception and man's disobedience. Mm-hmm. I think um, what we are seeing on um, unfolding, it is similar to the story of Job in the Bible, in the book of Job, where what Job, his wife and his friends were seeing was the manifestation of a challenge playing out in the spiritual realm. Okay. So they were seeing, they were seeing um, Job losing all his earthly possessions and um, his children coming down with sores and going through a whole lot of calamity without knowing that all of that was simply because of something going on between God and, and Satan in the spiritual realm. I think it's a similar thing that is, um, has happened in the U.S. in the selection between Donald Trump and Joseph Biden. That's an interesting analogy because I can recall that Job was an mm. upright man, righteous and blameless. And yes. pretty much we could say he was he was innocent in the sense that he would not have been conducting his life in a way that warranted 
this the, the the kind of adversity that he ended up facing right you know he he was very deliberate about serving god he even made sacrifices on the behalf of his family to say just in case just my in wife case. or my children yeah. or any member of my household you know would mm-hmm. have uh, sinned against you lord i want to offer right. this sacrifice on their behalf so it's quite an interesting analogy when we look at uh, all that has played out in the media with the mm-hmm. with the president of the united states now and i want to say right off the bat that uh, we are not on any side of the political debate not we stand all. as outsiders observing what has happened and is unfolding before our eyes now in the media in the world and uh, we are committed to Jesus Christ and we want to weigh in and to have a conversation about all that has happened. We do not claim to be authorities on the matter, but we are speaking as we are convicted and sharing our own thoughts. I want to kind of put that out there. And one of the reasons why I, one of the reasons why I think this is an important conversation for us to have at this time is because I know that several Christians have been uh, challenged in their faith and in their belief in the prophetic gifting that God has given to some of his people at this time due to all that has unfolded, you Mm -hmm. know, for, for those who have been following the evangelicals in America and any person who name prophet and they come on the TV, they have all prophesied in a particular way. But no, what we are seeing is uh, the opposite of what has been prophesied. But before we get into that, let us talk about the results as they are. What okay. we have seen is uh, two separate, uh, two separate uh, approaches to the, to the election and the campaigning, I could say. And yes. there have been two, two, the use of different platforms and two different agendas, if I could say that, being promoted as well. And persons mm-hmm. took to the polls and the results are in most of it. We have a few recounts going on and we have some, I, I'm not sure, uh, have they completely done all the counting? Not counting recounts, <laughs> if you understand what uh, I mean. I get the impression that um, apart from recounts that all the preliminary counts are completed. Okay, and, uh, the good. two recounts that were, well, I know the, today news emerged that the recount in Georgia was completed. And again, um, Joe Biden has been um, declared the winner. Okay. I'm not sure okay. there were any on other recounts going on. All right, great. Mm. So we want to just talk about what we see. We're taking it at face value. The people went to the polls. Millions of Americans decided to, hundreds of millions of Americans decided to make their voice be heard by voting. They took to the polls and the winner has been declared preliminary um, results would have shown that Joe Biden is the president elect. Yes. Let is. us share, let us have a conversation now about 
what we would have seen from the president, from Joe Biden, leading up to this uh, November 3. In terms of um, his, his, uh, his approach to the campaigning? Yes, in terms of his approach to the campaigning and his conduct throughout the time, why oh, okay. did he lose? You know, because <laughs> in 2016, we didn't expect Donald Trump to win. Right. But he did. Mm -hmm. And I think nice. in this case, many persons were a little bit hesitant. He was doing everything to lose the election, it appears. But persons were still kind of <laughs> hesitant to call it, some persons, yeah. because they're thinking, well, we had a surprise in 2016. What if we have another surprise in 2020? Right. Well, you're right. In 2016, um, Trump was not expected to win the, um, win the election. All the opinion polls were pointing to a victory for um, Hillary. Hillary Clinton. Right, and um, at the end of the day, Trump was the president of the United States. All right. Uh, I think um, my reference is Daniel 2.21, which says that it is God who, rise, who raises up um, kings and rulers. And I think it applies also to presidents and prime ministers and leaders in this day and age. So it was God's will for Trump to win that election. Now, having a won the election against the odds, <laughs> the liberal media, they were confounded as to how Trump could have won the election. Because one, they, they had been saying that Hillary Clinton was the most prepared candidate ever for the presidency of the United States. I mean, she was a, a first lady. Then she served as Secretary of State under President Obama. And she, had, um, she was the most qualified in terms of experience in the White House to be the president. But somehow, she ended up losing. Uh, the liberal media wasn't very pleased. And so from the, from the very beginning, they set out to give Trump a hard time. I remember hearing in the media that one Democratic lawmaker, she opined that they're going to impeach Donald Trump. That was before he was even inaugurated as president. He had not even taken office yet, and there were plans afoot to impeach him. <laughs> so, um, but Trump, on the other hand, knowing the hostility of the media, he didn't do anything to, to try to mend fences. It's mm -hmm. as if his approach was, all right, them not like me, me not like them either. Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to, to, to bridge the gap, he declared, apparently he declared war on the media and um, he labeled them fake news. And then he decided that he was going to use Twitter to reach out to his, um, to get his message out to his supporters and maybe the country at large. So Yes, because he says he feel, I heard him in an interview, the recent 60 Minutes interview that he did when he was asked that question. That question. He said yes. that um, he feels that if he didn't have his Twitter account, that persons would not hear him, persons would not know what's going on, his voice would not be heard because the media, in general, mainstream media, mm -hmm. they are not in favor of him. And that's his and way of getting a message out to the world. And he was not, to he was not totally wrong. But I think um, if you're president of a country, you have to try to 
bring people together. That's one of the core responsibilities, I would think, to try to bring people together. You can't be president for half of the country and uh, pay no attention to the other half because they might not be for you or they didn't vote for you. Yes, and, and he's... he's in that regard. Right. His conduct certainly displayed one of disunity is either you were for him or you were against him. And if you were against him, he was also against you. Precisely. There was not a, you know, the Bible speaks about um, if it is at all possible to live peaceably with all men. I don't mm-hmm. think Donald Trump read that uh, scripture. <laughs> or, if he read, or if he read it, he totally ignored as, it. Yes. As far as it depends yeah. on you, live at peace with all yeah, men. With all, right. It apparently mm-hmm. he didn't read it or if he read it, he ignored it. But so that was how um, his presidency started and it continued with the hostility between him and the liberal media. Yes. Right. Part of so, my challenge with with President Trump and, you know, in some ways I appreciate, I appreciated, there, there, are, some, there are some things I, that I consider to be positive about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I his his personality. I like his fierceness. I like his apparent fearlessness. You know, he mm-hmm. he's not one of those traditional politicians. And I think he went into something wanting to win, and he gave it his all. He appears to be a hard worker. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, he did what he could do with the material that he's made from. Let me put it that way. He, you know, so, so, so I would consider those aspects of his uh, character, his personality to be positive because of, you know, I, I, I like the fact that he doesn't back down he calls a spade a spade and he will speak i didn't appreciate the name calling though i really think that he could have left the disrespect out of his uh, rhetoric you know and there were Mm -hmm. so many opportunities during his presidency when different things happened you know riots and uh, uh, different families experiencing trauma and so on and uh, you know his tone was was not as caring and and unifying as you would like it to be you know so i i didn't appreciate those things about him but you know he is not all bad so i want to put that out there but but at, I, but at the end of the day though mm-hmm. what was it about close to 73 million people voted for yeah. for, for for the for him for yeah, for his party yeah, somewhere in that region, yes. Right. And, you know, the, the country <laughs> the country seems to be split down the middle. But Almost, the fact is, yeah. there are people who support what he supports or what the party okay. supports. Indeed. I, I, I made a list of the, the things that would make um, Donald Trump attractive to Christians and conservatives in America. Mm-hmm. And even people who do not fall into that category... But there's some stuff that would uh, make him attractive to them. Uh, his support for traditional Christian values, for example, is pro-life. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he apparently supports the definition of, of, of marriage as a union between one man and one woman. Mm-hmm. He supports the biblical view of human uh, sexuality. Uh, Christians, uh, evangelicals in particular, they loved his approach to Israel, the state of Israel, particularly the, um, the, is relocating the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem. A lot of people liked his America, his, his America first policy. And some people love the fact that he was withdrawing the United States from some international organizations and taking them out of some treaties and agreements that he, he deemed were not in the interest of the U.S. and they were economically damaging to the U.S. So I think those are some of the main things that made him attractive to, to some voters, especially Christians and conservatives. And perhaps most importantly, the economy, until the advent of COVID-19, the economy in the U.S. was, um, was doing well. Mm. There, was, there was talk of um, more blacks were being employed and uh, uh, more African-Americans and minorities were employed than ever before. That was um, that is one of his favorite um, terminology ever before. This this was one of the things that he um, <laughs> that he he used superlatives to describe that was not challenged because the economy was doing well. Even if the tractors admitted that the economy was doing well before the onset of COVID nineteen, so th- those were some of his strong qualities to to voters before the onset of COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But and he then, also had a, mm-hmm. yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. He also, but uh, coincidentally, those were also some of the things that made him unattractive to the liberals and people didn't like him. The same pro-life, the yes, same definition yes. of marriage, the same biblical view of human right. sexuality. Win some, you lose some. <laughs> right. And then some of these now is alleged to be racist, and they uh People say that um, his opponents, his, um, his detractors say that he's a supporter of white supremacy. Yes, and uh, whenever he's given an opportunity to, to address yeah, that, he, sometimes he, 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 yes, he's not decisive and clear not at all, yeah. about his position, you know? Right. Then he had, a, he had a tendency to lie or maybe exaggerate, but I think... Um, some people said that throughout his presidency, I saw one news report that throughout his presidency, he lied over 20 or 1,000 times. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> factual, factual things that people could check that he, yes. he was found to be lying in over 20 or 1,000 times. I wonder if those lies were deliberate or he was just ignorant. Well, or he was just um, being, he was just, it he, he, he tends to be prone to exaggerations. Because like talk about the That's best correct. Contestant. Yeah, so maybe, yes. Right. The best president ever. Right. He's narcissistic and egotistic. And that that's where I want to go next. Because right. when we, as Christians, we support the view that uh, government leaders, they have been instituted. In other words, God allows them wherever they are, whoever they are, right. and whatever they're mm-hmm. doing. You know, but uh, God is wide awake and watching what is going on and God will always have good purposes or, 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 you know, for for, for allowing 
things to happen. But I want mm -hmm. to talk a little bit about his spiritual advisor because he did have a spiritual advisor Mm -hmm. who is an ordained minister, Christian woman, pastor. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it causes you to wonder when he would have been in the media conducting himself in particular ways, you know, in, in being abrasive and, and proud and narcissistic and, mm -hmm. and those kinds of things, you know, you yeah. kind of wonder if the spiritual advisor had the, was given any power to talk to him about these things, or maybe she spoke, but he decided not to listen, or maybe she didn't, she didn't speak about it at all because she wanted to remain in his good book because he does have a pattern of firing anybody who doesn't agree with him. Yes, indeed. I would like to think that um, the spiritual advisor and most presidents, all presidents, well, let's say most presidents have um, normally have a spiritual advisor. But you know, America, for all that is being said and done in America today, America is founded on Christian values, you know, and most Americans uh, still maintain some connection to Christianity and Christian values, traditional Christian values. So all the presidents I've known have always have um, a spiritual advisor. I would think that as a Christian advisor, even if she wasn't Christian, Muslim, or whatever faith, I would think that I would expect her to be talking to him and asking him to moderate his behavior, telling, telling him that his behavior is not, um, it's not, it's not good. It's not conducive to unity and the healing of the nation. But from the Donald Trump I see in the media, and I see him at some press conferences, and how he conducts himself, he doesn't seem to be somebody who takes um, takes advice from people unless he thinks it's good advice. Seem to be his own man and, and just do his thing. If once he's convinced that what he's doing is working, he's not taking any advice from anybody. So, All right. Yeah. And now we, we, we come to... I want us to talk about two things quickly before we, you know, end this mm -hmm. conversation with, with what the Bible has to say and so on. Because right. the fact of the matter is the preliminary counts have been completed. Mm -hmm. A few recounts are going on and Joe Biden is still there winning in the win, president-elect, but he refuses to concede. Yeah. And I can remember I used to watch his rallies almost every night because I get some good laughter from it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I think a, um, it's rally I think he's like humorous. Comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's really sent to be like a stand-up comedy. It's like yes. it's just entertaining. <laughs> right. Yeah. Entertaining, like it's a reality show, you know? Yes, yeah. But I, oh, by the way, welcome to the persons who are in studio. Thank you for joining us. You are yes, tuned in that. live to Reverend Tash's Talks, and we are talking about the 2020 presidential elections. We are coming to you live from Jamaica, and we right. did say that we are outsiders looking on and wanting to weigh in on the conversation. Feel free to use the chat space if you would like to contribute to the conversation in any way. So mm -hmm. the, the, the president, you know, I used to watch his rallies and I remember him saying in one of the rallies talking about Joe Biden, sleepy Joe, and that he is in <laughs> cognitive decline 
and he's just being used by the radical left and you know he's not in charge they're just putting him out there and you know he spoke about how over the years observing joe biden he has not been very sharp and right. then he his comment was can you imagine losing to a guy like that yeah, and now he has Let's lost see. to a guy like that could it be that there is some pride you know, taking place. I, I think that there is some pride taking place. And I think it is also possible, you know, earlier we spoke about the many prophets from the evangelical church in America that would have come out saying that Trump is going to get four more years and God's work for him is not yet finished. And, you know, they, they, they all agreed I mean, it was, it, they, every one of them agreed. There is not one prophet that I know of within that context who would mm -hmm. have prophesied otherwise. Since the results have come out, though, I have seen three prophets, one from all the way from Africa. Yeah. But the thing is, his prophecy was released from December 2019 when he okay. spoke about the 2020 prophecy and he actually said some things that are going on now, but I suppose okay. nobody was paying him any mind. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be uh, TB Joshua. That's his name. So persons can okay. go and look it up if you want to check that out. And then there were some others, but for those who are coming out now and saying other things, they are being rejected. Because the prophets are still holding on to the word that they believe that they got from God. And I continue okay. to say that I, my principle with prophecies is that when they are released, I place it on the shelf. It has a time limit on it. The time will mm -hmm. tell if the prophet was, if the prophecy was a true prophecy or if it was not a true prophecy. So for me, I... I, I, the, the electoral college committee, that's what you call it. They are still to uh, meet. No, it's, electro no, it's the electoral college. Electoral co college. Okay. So yeah. they are still to meet and to declare who the president will be sometime in December, right? Yeah, I think it's December 14. But one thing as I'm, before you continue, I heard today in the mainstream media also that President Trump was meeting with two legislators from the state of Michigan. Mm -hmm. And, um, mm -hmm. Uh, there was some speculation that it, he was going to be involved in some arm twisting to try to get um, the results um, changed in his favor. Because uh, one, thing that, one thing that many people don't know is that when the um, people vote in the state for, for the president, they actually vote for electors who you're basically telling that these people that when they go to the, when the electoral college meet, they're to vote for Joe Biden or vote for, for Donald Trump. But in in some instances, the electors they can vote differently from what the state says. Okay. Yeah, some states have passed legislation to prevent that, but apparently it can still happen because I heard on the news today that in 2016, seven electors voted differently from how their state voted. So the 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 mainstream media you now speculating that having lost all but two of his challenges in court to date. Trump is now using a different tap now to try to get um, the elected, to pressure um, uh, 
lawmakers in Republican and Republican-controlled states to try to see if he can overturn the results using the Electoral College by getting people to to vote differently from the election results in their state. And it, it is possible. It can be done. But have you heard his uh, his lawyer, though? I, oh, I'm Rudy, trying to remember Rudy her Julianne, name. Because, Rudy Julianne. Oh, oh, because she, she I think she said... I think she said she she is prepared to say that he won the election and by a landslide. Yeah, that's um, that's a laugh. Uh, even well, <laughs> or, my, as, a, as an outsider looking in and observing the news reports, uh, I don't think um, Trump um, won the election. And even if he were to win, it wouldn't be by in a landslide. So they're living in um, in dreamland and in the land of hope. My take on it is very simple, you know. There, there may be some instances of fraud in election, but I think mo- a lot of elections all over the world, you might have one or two instances of fraud. And how the U.S. election is conducted and how the Democrats um, deal with elect- um, elections some, in some instances. For example, the Democrats don't believe that electors ought to be, if you don't have identification to prove your identity, that you, they believe that you must still be allowed to vote. Because if and if you don't allow them to vote like um, that is voter suppression. The argument being that it's mostly black people who don't have identification. So right away there you have an opening for possible abuse. But I don't think it's anything major to overturn an election result where the the um the president elect so far has three hundred and six electoral college votes and President Trump has two hundred and thirty two. I don't, oh, I don't think there's from- any major fraud. <laughs> He moved from 214. He's climbing, man. Yeah, yeah two, three, two. Right. So I don't think there was any major fraud. And I don't think it's, it's she's living in a dreamland when she's, if she thinks that Trump won the election by a landslide. And knowing human nature, if, if Trump had won that election by a landslide, you people would be on the streets demanding that the results be how oh, um, what it what it should be if they think that um he was robbed. I don't say about demonstrating on the streets of America apart from a little demonstration Saturday that wasn't any big number, right? About yeah. the selection, most people mm-hmm. have moved on. Most people have moved on past the selection except Donald Trump and his cronies, you know. Most people mm-hmm. have moved on. Yeah. So unfortunately, we have seen a situation where you know, inconsistencies. I think personally from an, uh, as an outsider looking in, it appears to me that uh, Trump uh, said a little bit too much. He was a little yes. bit too proud and too confident yes. as to what the possibilities could be. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he had been swayed and, and, and persuaded by the prophecies that would have been would have been given all this time. As I said, there are several of them and they all agreed. But I think that he had set himself up for what is happening now. And now that he has lost, he's not going to go down without a fight. As it relates to Joe Biden, because, you know, (laughs) we're talking about Donald Trump a lot. But Joe Biden, he is the opposite of Donald Trump in terms of his disposition, calm, cool, collected. He says the right things. Yes. Yes. Says the right things. 
you know, quite dignified, even on the night of November 3 or maybe a day later or so when yes. persons were talking about we want the results and there was a little unrest, a little anxiety here and there. And what he came out and said, as opposed to what Donald Trump came out and said, two separate effects. All right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the fact is that Joe Biden would appears to have attracted to himself more of the, 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 the voters in this election because of the way in which he conducted himself. And I totally Even though you. he, what he stands for, what he supports, because in the same way I watched the rallies and the, the town hall meeting for Donald Trump, I mm -hmm. didn't, I watched... Not as many of the rallies. Well, he didn't really have any rallies, but I did no, watch his town hall. I watched the town hall meeting that he had when he was asked about, uh, well, well, a, a mother of an eight-year-old transgender child spoke about the fact that Donald Trump would have passed some bill to reverse, you know, those ideologies in terms of what was embedded in in the law and what could have been facilitated and she asked him if he excuse me became president what would he do to ensure that her transgender child her transgender daughter would be safe and free to express the person that she feels she is and his response was that there is absolutely no reason why a child, an eight-year-old, shouldn't be transgender if that's how they feel and so on. And I think that uh, that kind of position doesn't sit very well with traditional Christian values. And it would certainly go against what uh, the church, from a biblical perspective, would, would stand for traditionally, you know? Most definitely. And so... Even though, so we have a kind of a conflict of interest. There's a kind of a battle of morals and values. But then if one, on the one hand, President Trump stands, he, what he stands for and some of the things that he, some of the things that he did was more in keeping with traditional Christian values. But yeah. then his conduct, his mm -hmm. conduct, the things that he said and did, really worked against him. And I Definitely. just pray and hope that he is reflecting on all of this. I pray and hope that he will use this as an opportunity to calm down, humble himself before yeah. the Lord and, and just, just go easy and let God have his way. Do you think it's still possible for him to win the election? Do you think at the end of the day, what would it take <laughs> for okay, him to, to continue another four years? Theoretically, theoretically, I don't think it's practical, but in theory it is possible that um, the elect if the electors, when they meet, because all the system operates, um, the founding fathers designed the system in such a way that they didn't trust the ordinary man to, to select a president, you know. But I think the ordinary man could be swayed by rhetoric and might not select the, the um, president, the person who is most suitable for the office. So that's why they came up with the Electoral College. 
So theoretically, the Electoral College could possibly elect Donald Trump when they meet December 14 or 15, whenever they meet. But I think mm-hmm. in the spirit of democracy, I don't think that's going to happen because basically it would be an undemocratic thing in that the people, the majority of the people voted for Biden, but then this select group of 538 electors decided that Trump should continue as president. If that were to happen, I see America breaking out into another civil war. So having said that, I don't see any way for Donald Trump to um, to, uh, to get another four years in the White House. I don't see it. And I, I agree with you, the Trump's biggest enemies as president was his mouth and his Twitter account. All right. And with that said, Romans chapter 13, verse 1 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. And I want to speak to Christians who maybe because of all of these prophecies and know what you're seeing, your faith has been shaken just a little bit and you're wondering what is going on. I want to change the perspective just a little bit. Yeah, okay. We're talking about everyone must be subject to the governing authorities. When Paul wrote this, he was speaking to the fact that governing authorities are God's agents of wrath. And if you read verse four, that's pretty much what it says. They are charged with judging evil in the world believers, they must be committed to Christ as Lord. And even though that is the case for true believers, they too may be tempted to ignore or even stand against secular rulers. But believers must recognize the place of government in God's providential ordering of the world. The fact of the matter is that uh, God knew in advance the, the, the results of this election, what it would be. It didn't take God by surprise. And we must understand that America, like many other countries, would have strayed far, far away from mm-hmm. the foundation upon which they, 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 they stood in the, in the early, early days of their history, in their right. early history. And so it could be God's way of punishing a nation, of pressuring a nation, of putting a nation through hard times Mm -hmm. because of their lack of their consistent lack of submission to God and for the pursuit of unrighteousness and unrighteous laws and for the church being silent for so long and those who are not silent are compromising. Mm -hmm. So I want to say that while the world is being the world, the church must be the church. This is not a Joe Biden or Donald Trump issue. The church, the church must see themselves at best. There should be commentators of all that is unfolding rather than ardent supporters right the church must continue to resist any agenda that promotes injustice violation of the imago dei that's the image of god in humans and they must resist 
any form of unrighteousness and anything that would compromise God's plan and order for human beings, violating children, sending them, you know, rather than protecting children and guiding them, forcing them into things that will end up be work against them in the long run for their lives. The church must be committed to prayer. And that includes praying for whomever occupies the Oval Office. In Acts chapter 5, verse 29, Peter and the apostles, when they spoke, they said, we must obey God rather than human beings. We must obey God rather than man. And I think the church needs to recognize the church in America, the church all over the world, the church, the body of Christ, we need to recognize that God is the one to whom we must be first and foremost committed. Mm -hmm. And if Christians align themselves with political parties, if within those parties, things start to go against their Christian conviction, biblical um, principles, and what they believe and are convicted to be the agenda of God, they should speak out against it and whatever the consequence is, the consequence. And of course, not to be violent, not to be rude, not to be disrespectful, but to speak in love, standing true and strong to God's word and their walk with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And the I final compromise. scripture I want to, to leave with us as we close is First Timothy 2, I will read verse 1 and 2. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that they that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. And I, and I read all the way down there to verse 6. You know right. what? We must pray for all those in authority. Joe Biden and Donald Trump, Christians must see them as the object of our redemptive pursuit. And we should pray for God's will to be done with whomever is in that office rather than to focus our attention on a man or a woman thinking Mm -hmm. that our redemption can come from them. And Mm -hmm. those are our few words. We continue to watch and to see what will happen when the college meets and the winner is declared once and for all. That's our talk for today to my co-host Wayne and our studio audience. Thank you so much for hanging with me. 
it was great if you want to be a part of our mailing list you can send an email to revtcviews at gmail.com and we will add you oh please subscribe you can follow this podcast so you'll get a notification every time something is going on and we have a special december program in store for you so you have to come on back and bring all your friends and family with you god bless you thank you so much for tuning in this has been the program reverend tashi's talks and i'm your co-host reverend tashi campbell until next time See you. Thank you so much for hanging with me.